What is up, y'all? It's your girl, Shara, and you are tuned in to I Am On Purpose podcast, where I've created an open space to encourage, inspire, and provide helpful information to help you live an on-purpose life with a little sprinkle of transparency and a whole lot of God. Let's get to it. Thank you guys so much for listening to I Am On Purpose podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with a friend or family member. And remember to subscribe in order to be notified of new episodes. Before I let you guys go real quick, remember one thing. If you can't be anybody else, be you on purpose. This is Shara and I'm out. Welcome to episode number three. So today we will be discussing hurting on purpose. On today's episode, I am hurting on purpose. I want to talk about how we all experience hurt and pain throughout our lives, like even from those closest to us. So I want to talk about what happens when we let pain overrule us and the benefits of letting ourselves embrace hurt and what we can do to get to that point. So let's go hurt on purpose, y'all. So first, let's touch on physical pain compared to emotional pain. Now, let's just use, for example, like when you stub your toe on something or when you burn your tongue, that's the worst, when you burn your tongue on something. So like I would say, I don't know, maybe a week it may last. Um, and no matter what you eat that's hot, like you, it's almost like you continue to burn your tongue over and over again. And not only could it be the most frustrating thing, but it's something that's always coming back to remind you of the pain that first caused that pain, right? And so emotional pain could work the same way, except it's invisible and only we can feel it and only we can deal with it. And those moments can leave us to feel isolated and actually can make the pain feel worse because we feel like we can't describe what this is to get others to understand what we're going through and how we feel. And so that can make the pain feel a lot worse in most situations. So I want to talk about what we encounter when we let pain overcome us. I mean, it's something that we can't get away from. It's something that no matter how much trust you put into someone or something or how close you are to those people, you're always going to deal with pain in some way, shape or form. So some ways that are some things that happen to us when we let that overrule and overcome us is one, we can fall into depression. I mean, myself working in the mental health field, transitioning from the medical field, which is great for me because now I'm learning more of the physical side, you know, um, knowing how the body operates, knowing like the physical care of a person, but transitioning to the mental health side has been wonders for me and really helps me understand the body as a whole. And when we get to the point that we feel depressed and isolating ourselves and things like that, it's usually steps that happen before we get to that point. And to me, you know, based off experience myself and just what I've experienced in the field that I'm in is it's usually something traumatic that happens, some type of pain that's been experienced before we get to the point that we can't take it anymore. We're dwelling on it. We're thinking about it. We are literally making it a part of our everyday life. And of course, you know, when you think about something, 
the more you think about it, the more you start to act on it. And to me, I feel like that's when depression kicks in. And that's when we start to isolate ourselves because the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And even though y'all think I'm getting deep, that's really how it operates. When he gets you to that point of depression, now he needs you to take you away from everyone who's going to try to motivate you, try to bring you up, try to talk you out of it. He's going to separate you from that because he wants you to stay where you are. So another way, on top of us feeling depressed, we feel defeated and we tend to look at our circumstances rather than the lessons in that pain. So I believe that every part of pain, rather it be physical, um, but more so we're talking about emotional here. I feel like it's all for a reason. It's all to, we'll talk more about that of what I feel, um, you know, pain is taught for, but I feel like the more that we dwell on it, we tend to dwell on the situation at hand. Well, this person did this to me and I'm this person towards them, or these people treat me like that, or the, this person said this to me. Like we tend to look at the situation and maybe even throw a little bit of comparison in there because we're saying they treated us a certain way where I treated them this way. So then you start to feel that entitlement and that, oh, an entitlement is such a, such a dangerous place to be. I've been there for I think what Jesus and without Jesus in therapy, I would still be living in that. And I think that's another scheme of the enemy as well as to make you feel entitled that you should be treated a certain way because of the things that you give to people and the love that you give and having that expectation to receive it back. Whereas God's way is to give that love no matter what, honestly, without even expecting it back. And I know that's something that's hard for us to do, and I've had to learn the hard way, but it's something that really helps me not take things as offensive when others do not give that back to me. But as I was saying, um, when we it starts to make us review our circumstances and the situation instead of looking at the lesson and the pain. What is God trying to show you? Who is he trying to remove? What is he trying to hold you back from? What is he trying to protect you from? Where if we're focused on this person or this thing and what they did and then allow them to continue to, let's say, come back and, you know, forgive them, we could potentially be keeping ourselves from something he's trying to block us from or trying to keep ourselves in a situation that he wants better for us. So we need to start looking at the lesson as a whole and not just the circumstance of what's actually happening. And when we tend to let pain overrule us, that's a place that we can stay for a long time, which could lead to the depression part as well. And once you've seeped into that entitlement, you then want to start seeking revenge instead of seeking God. So, and remember, it's not about what you know in the Bible or the scripture, don't let that offend you or make you feel like, oh, well, I don't know the last time I read the Bible, so I can't relate to this. No, it's not about that. It's really just start with the basics. It's really what's most important is your relationship with God. How often are you going to him rather than how often are you going to those around you? It's that simple. And when we do that, I've, that causes the hardening of our heart which can be against those who hurt us or sometimes even to God, because sometimes in some situations, people might want to question God on why this is happening to them when they've been a good person. And 
things like that. So it, it makes us want to proudly protect our own turf when we get our eyes on people and what they've done or said. We fail to see God at work. We fail to see what he's doing behind the scenes and what the purpose is and what strength is this supposed to build in us. It keeps us away from being able to see that and being entitled and wanting revenge and pretty much letting the enemy win that situation. He wants you to do anything that's going to destroy you, anything that's not for you. So he wants you to seek revenge. He wants you to be mad. Even if in a relationship, let's say you're in a relationship where you've had infidelity and in that situation, he wants you to, okay, now you want to seek revenge and you go out and, you know, try to do the same thing. You're really sin, like sinning and harming your body to seek revenge to a person that either one doesn't care or two is not hurting <laughs> really from what you're doing, even if they get jealous or feel some way. But in reality, you're hurting yourself. And that's what he wants us to do. So he wants us to feel all these ways, all this hurt look at the circumstances instead of God. So it just continues to harden our heart because once your heart is hardened, it's hard to hear from God. It's hard. It, it caused, it's not harder, but it's more work for you to try to establish that relationship with him. It's more unhardening of the heart um, that it takes to get there. And only God can unharden our heart. So even if, you know, you let the enemy get you to the point that you have a hard heart, it's harder for you to know to go back to God to help you in that. And that's all his plan is. That's what his goal is, is, is to keep you from that. So now that we've talked about, you know, the things that happen when we encounter and let pain overcome us, let's talk about the benefits of enduring and embracing the pain and having a total different perspective on it. Um, what I've learned, and I, you know, something that people close to me would know that I always say, and I used to cry to God about this, is... I feel like I'm always hurting. I'm always being let down. I've always been this person with a big heart. Um, I am a lover, not a fighter, y'all. I, I like truly am not a fighter. I've I don't wrong people. I don't. I mean, I've, I've had my times and my share of you know having my bad days and trying to take my own stance in certain situations. But overall, I've always had a good heart and I've always been a good person. And I always used to get mad, not at God, but just at mad in general. And talk to him, like, why did, why does these things keep happening to me? Like, why do I feel like I'm always hurting? Like those closest to me, those who don't know me, you know, whatever the case is, I always feel like I'm going through something like, and I always used to, you know, I was always like, not the outcast, but just different from those close to me. Like, oh, just this Jesus lover. And oh, I'm not saying that sarcastically, like it's a bad thing, but that was always the, the focal point of who I was, but it was like, dang, was she always going through something though? And I used to think, God, how am I going to show them, you know, that you're this, you're amazing and you are. Um, but I, I was thinking more to what I'm telling you guys before and looking at the circumstances and not the lessons and what he was trying to show me and the strength he was trying to build and the resilience and all these things he was trying to create in me. And so I went from understanding that, yes, I have, I, I may have went through a lot of pain, but suffering creates strength, growth, and maturity and resilience. And I've learned all that through the pain, through not just the pain, but the shifting of my perspective of that pain. So like in James 1, in James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, it says this, 
Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and perseverance finishes its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And remember to persevere. I may not be saying that word right, y'all, but we just going to get this going. Okay. Is doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. So what that scripture is saying is don't look at the trials and tribulations that are happening to you as something bad that is happening to you, which the enemy wants us to think, but look at it as joy, as him trusting us with this situation and this trial that's happening because it's testing our faith, which increases our faith. And it produces the fact, you know, that shift that I'm talking about of being able to endure something despite the difficulty and not delaying the achieving success, not delaying the blessing that's on the other side of that door or the gift that God has for us, like not delaying what he has for us and or what he has in store for us. And without looking at it from that perspective and looking at the circumstance that keeps us, it's like, it's like Moses and his people in Exodus taking a trip that was supposed to take them 15 days, 14, 15 days, and ended up taking them 40 years because they complained about the situation. They complained about they didn't have anything to eat. Why are we even doing this? They complained of every circumstance that came and that kept them there for 40 years, you guys, opposed to a week's worth, two weeks of a trip that would, would have took them two weeks. It took them 40 years because they were so focused on the situation opposed to what God had in store. Just understand that if we, they trusted him with what his plan was, the gift and the blessings that they had on the other side of that was beyond what they could fathom, but they couldn't get that far or even think that way because they were so focused on what was actually happening. So understanding that he trusts us with this and trust that testing our faith, which increases, gets us to the point that yes, we can endure these trials, but they're not going to be as frustrating or you're not going to be as as reactive towards it, more responsive than reacting. That's It changes that whole perspective too. I've been a reactor my whole life. Like someone saying something to me, especially if I felt like I did them right and they wronged me, I was like super reactive to it. And I still have my, my moments, um, but I've, I've really come a long way of responding to something or not responding to it at all, opposed to being reactive, like not even letting you, Oh, I was, I was so known for that. I won't even let you finish your sentence and just automatically like, like what's something that I've always been told I, I've done, or a lot of us do as well. We listen to respond. We don't listen to hear. So I'm not even listening to what you have to say. I'm going to respond with what I know is right because what you're saying is like irrelevant to me right now. And as long as we continue to shift that, that mindset of why we're going through what we're going through, it allows us to go through that despite the difficulty and achieve that success and why that's happening to us. Another benefit of experiencing the pain and suffering is that it forces us to go inward to God and not outward from ourselves and our own personal feelings. So what I mean, I know I, I talked about us looking at the circumstance, but I want to talk more of us thinking 
what we think we deserve in this situation, what we think, how we think this person should treat us or how we think these people should treat us or view us. Even if it's our kids, let's use that too, because we definitely have them on a high standard of how they should treat us too. I'm not saying, oh, be disrespectful kids, but I am saying that it makes us look at those and how we think we should feel opposed to going inward. So I've noticed, you know, back in my responsive days, I'm, I'm sorry, back in my reactive days, I was more so like, how could you say this to me? How dare you do this? How dare you treat me this way? When now, and I'm a, I, I do not care about being the emotional person that I am. I am all for crying. Okay. I, <laughs> I do not, I'll make time to cry because I need to get it out. But the times that I sit there and allow myself to cry, I'm crying to him and I'm asking him, first of all, my number one saying that I say all the time, I'll whisper under my breath. I don't care if I have to say it 50,000 times in one cry setting. I say, I trust you, God. I trust you. Even if I can't find the words to pray or to say, because he knows my heart, I'll just say, I trust you, God. I trust you, God. So I allow myself to go inward and ask him, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? How do you want me to respond to this situation? Do you want me to respond to this situation? Like I've, I've learned that through my pain, I've, I've not taught myself. I've allowed God to, to guide me in that way, but I'll go to him on what he wants me to do opposed to me thinking what I think I should do because I think I deserve X, Y, and Z. And so when we learn to have that shift in our, our mindset towards pain, we and towards our embracing our pain, we learn to look at it as going inward instead of what we think we need. And that leads to breakthroughs. That leads to him revealing things to you. It's like it's like a it's like the communication is just it just takes the communication or not even the communication, but the relationship with him to the next level. Like he starts to tell you things you didn't even ask for. He starts to show you things in people and in things around you that you didn't pray about, that you didn't ask him to show you. You know, there's times, like I said, I ask him, I tell him that I trust him and I ask him to show me X, Y, and Z. And he showed me something way more broader than what I even asked for. And that's from going inward to the situation and not me having the expectations of others and how I think they should treat me. So that's one great thing, you know, that comes from us embracing it and us not running from it. And for example, with that, that I like to use, because like I said, with a lot of Jesus in therapy is what got me to this point. And so me, me, maybe not embracing the pain at the time, but by me experiencing the pain is what led me to go to therapy. And Through therapy, by going to therapy, I've learned not only to deal with the present pain that I'm dealing with, but needing to deal with the past pain and how they correlate with each other. And first I went to therapy. First of all, I went there with my arms folded, like what? And and she's looking at me like, girl, you came to me. And I was like really like closed down or just closed and not wanting to express what I was there for. And then she kept asking all these questions of like, so how was your mom? How was your... Like, that's not what I came here for. I'm having relationship problems. I want to talk about this. Like, I don't, I don't want to talk about when I was five or I, I don't want to talk about those things. But then I've learned now, almost two years later, the woman that I've become, become from that, the way that I view things now is that in order to even deal with the present pain, we have to deal with the past pain. 
And you know, that saying in order to, which I really, really vouch for is in order to get over it, you have to go through it. Period. You can go around it all you want, but it's still going to be there. You still going to hurt from it. You can numb it. <laughs> you, you could do what you think is whatever it is that you want to do to prevent yourself from feeling. And unfortunately it's harder for men because they can at times view emotional being emotional or crying as a weakness. And that keeps you even further from dealing with it. But there, you can think there's a million ways around it, but there's no way to get through it. But I'm sorry, there's no way to get over it, but to go through it. And so for me, allowing that pain to not overcome me, but letting it lead me to thank the Lord. My therapist is actually a woman and a God as well. So we didn't always just, you know, take the route of her just telling me the psychological part of therapy, but there will be time we discuss God every single session. And there's times that she might even give me a scripture to rely on based off the circumstance. So I'm very grateful. Like y'all, you know what? Thank you, Holy Spirit. I, I want to share this with you guys because this is like totally not in my notes. But how what amazes me is how strategic God is. That he knew, okay, I see you trying to make a difference with the pain that you're experiencing. I see you not trying to take revenge. I see you not trying to, you know, be entitled and trying to be different. So I, and I see you taking the steps to even get help with that. You're going to therapy with that. So I'm going to strategically plan that. I don't have time right now to even tell you how I met my therapist, but it was literally strategically chosen for her specifically to be the person to be my therapist that God not only put to heal me, but also put there and plant, it's like monopoly, you know, like the pieces were specifically put at certain places of my, because like I've mentioned, and I'll probably mention in every um, podcast is that he knows the beginning, the middle of the end. So it's just up to us on how long we take to get to that certain part, rather it's that beginning or that middle or the end. It's up to us how long it takes us to get there, taking it back to Exodus. But it's, it, it's just amazes me how he strategically plans things. Think There is no such thing as a coincidence to me, I believe. No one can change my mind on that. I believe it is God strategizing and allowing you to get to that next level when you do your part. If you stay in this circumstance and you stay thinking here of what this pain is and how bad it hurts, you're going to stay more than likely in that pain and how it hurts. And so let me get back on topic. I just had to share that because... That is so amazing. And it just brings me joy to my heart every time I think about it. And so by me taking that leap and listening to God, not only did he help me in a therapeutic way, but he helped me meet this woman of God to help me, you know, pray and look at things a certain way that led to my healing and led me and and taught me to know that in order to heal or to change or that change even needs to happen. I heard this the other day on a sermon. I believe it was Pastor Keon. Pastor Keon. He said, in order for us to even know that heal, healing or change needs to occur, we have to experience the pain. And, and the best example he gave is the only way you can know that you need to leave that situation or that you, the only way that you can know that you need to release, that you need to leave that relationship is by the pain that you're experiencing. 
if you didn't experience any of the pain or you just wasn't hurt by anything that I encountered, how would you ever leave? Would you ever take that step to go? Why would you if you're perfectly content and settling with what you're dealing with? And so that was deep. I should, if y'all follow me on Instagram, I know you probably saw me, saw me share that the other day. So all we all know that pain is hurtful and it does not at all in any way, shape or form feels good. And that's why I personally rely on God's word because it is live and active. Why, for example, every time, let's say you didn't go to church for like two years, but every time you go to church, you always feel like, oh my gosh, like, why are they talking? Like, you always feel like the preacher, preacher is talking about you specifically. Now, sometimes it can become offensive to people to where they may not go back. But majority of the time, it's because they're speaking the word and they're speaking, they're being scripture based of whatever they're talking about. But the word is live and well and active. Every story in the Old Testament and the New Testament can literally, if you know, you've had time or done your studies on on these stories and the specifics, even me talking about Moses and Exodus, these are things that happen in our era. It's like a cycle repeating itself. The Old Testament and the New Testament just repeats itself because it's the same stories, different people, different time change. You know, we have cars, they didn't have cars. Like things are different, but it's the same thing happening. So let's think of it like this. Back to where I was saying that I like to personally rely on God's word because it is life and active. Think of it as being sick when you have a cold. So we know we're not going to die from that cold, right? It's not going to kill us. But we know that we have to take medicine to help relieve the symptoms. Rather, it's a cough, you know, chest congestion, congestion, uh, sneezing, coughing, whatever it is that we're experiencing, we have to take that medicine to relieve those symptoms until eventually we're fine, right? That's what scripture does to me. Like scripture, well, to us, if you, you know, take heed on that, but scripture is to relieve those symptoms or even continue to boost your immune system spiritually to get you to the point that helps you have the capacity to go and continue to establish a relationship with God. And if you're doing that on a daily basis and being in the word, like for myself, I know, I know when I'm not listening to my God, to me, I'm very protective of my spirit. And so I have to listen to, I can't listen to certain music. I can't watch certain things. I can't do certain things and it's okay. You know, I'm not saying others can't, but I have to be very mindful and protective of my spirit. And I know when I start to drift away from those things, I notice that I get more frustrated. I notice that I get more reactive to things. I know I can tell when I'm starting to drift away from where I need to be. And I feel like the more I'm in the word and when I'm in the word every day and I'm being consistent on my scripture, I don't know if you guys have the Bible app, but I love the Bible app because not only does it have amazing devotionals, but it counts your days. And sometimes um, when you miss a day, it starts all the way over again. And I noticed that when I haven't been and I've missed like, oh, dang, my day started. Then I look at the date of the last time I was there, like, mm, that makes sense every time. So to me, it's not just the medicine to make you better. Look at it as the vitamins you take. We all take vitamins, right? Multivitamin. I myself, I'm anemic. Got to take that iron every day. And when I forget, <laughs> we're not even going to get on that right now. But um it's the vitamin that keeps you from getting to the point that's boosting your immune system to get you from the point of being sick. We have to look at the benefits of why pain is necessary. For example, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, it says that he comforts us so that we can comfort others. This is something that I tell myself to help me empathize with others 
and help them overcome what they need to go to that go through that I have to endure some type of pain. Like think about it like, I mean, I haven't had this situation or lived this life, but that's like someone, okay, let's say it's someone who has like no children, for example, telling, you know, a single mom or a mom in general, like, hey, you know, you should do X, Y, and Z, or just telling you how to parent in general, and they're not. And some people can get offended, like, um, how do you know that? Like, how can you tell me X, Y, and Z about being a mom when you don't know, you know, what we go through or anyone, if it's someone who was raised on the streets and it's somebody who's had a, um, everything given to them in their life. And they're telling them like, bro, just get over, you know, like not experiencing what they've experienced. And we look at them a certain way. Like, how can you tell me A, B, and C? And so I go back to that scripture of second Corinthians of that. He comforts me when I'm going through what I'm going through but it's so I can comfort others and I can have that empathy to be able to speak on like the thing, especially this specific topic. I am healing on purpose. I am speaking on this, not just telling you guys because it's something I know like, Oh, so Bible college, you know, your, your two years in Bible college taught you how to no, know this is something I've lived literally my entire life. And I still, to this day, deal with this. We all deal with hurt and we all deal with pain, but it's something that I can empathize with. And I remind myself of that all the time that he's going to comfort me, but he's going to comfort me so you can comfort them. You got to think that God's purpose or God's goal is always going to be, that's why relationship is so important to him and not just like a spouse, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, relationship or husband and wife, like relationships all across the board. That's why that's so important to him because the whole our whole purpose is to instill in others and keep the cycle going of spreading love everywhere. If everyone were to spread love without receiving anything back, think of that domino effect of how the world would be if we all just acted on how God wants us to be. And so that's why that scripture really sticks with me of just understanding kind of like how I say, I trust you. I trust you. When I'm going through things, I think of this too. Like think of how many people that you can help. Think of how many other women or other people that are living this pain as well and how you can get them through what got you through. So I'm not just telling people things that I, cause it sounds good. And it sounds like, you know, I'm doing the right thing. I, I, I know how you can get through this because it's something that I've done. And it's just something that I, you know, use to emphasize with other people. And I have to endure the same kind of pain. And the more we stay in the war- word, the more we can produce joy opposed to happiness. Happiness is something that's temporary, that cars, clothes, jewelry, things around us that can give us that happiness, but that fades away. Whereas joy is something directly from God that we feel in our heart. Like when I was talking about how he strategically plans things in our life, I don't know about you guys, but every time I just say those words and really meditate on that, I truly, like even think about when your child was born or you know, or, or think about where like any interaction you've had with God or just, you know, seeing or helping some, someone elderly. That's what I did. I've done that majority of my life. And that was something that literally gave me joy to my heart because that's how God wants us to be on a daily, not just because they're a baby or they're, you know, the elderly. It's just something that he wants us to do in general. So that's what joy is. And that comes directly from him that we feel in our hearts and no one can take that from us. Another thing that I want before I wrap up, I want to think about the story of Job. It is one of my absolute favorite stories in the Bible. And the specific part is because Job was a faithful man 
dedicated man of God every day. He made a habit to, you know, his children weren't as obeying of God. So he would sac- do his sacrifices for his children every day. He went to God every, he, he was like, he was like the OG of how God want us to be. Like he, Job was, I ain't gonna say his right hand man, but y'all get wrong going. Job was, was the man. And there's a, the specific at the beginning. I'll never forget this. Even when I'm going through things, I think about this too. There in the beginning, it was a convert. God was discussing that there was a conversation between God and Satan. So Satan came to him and he said, Oh, you know, Job is this guy that loves you and he does X, Y, and Z for you. I bet if I took all his money and his family and everything that he has, he won't worship you. So God said, okay, whatever you do, just spare his life. Do not kill him, but I'll allow you to do X, Y, and Z. And so long story, you guys, literally, it's a long story. You have to read it. (laughs) But moral to the story is what I always think about is that even Satan has to ask for permission to do anything to us. And God has to allow him to do that. So when I'm going through certain things, I remind myself, first of all, God trusted you with this pain. So what he has to, what, what there is to come out of this, he trusted you with it and he's going to reward you with that. But you, and not only that, he, he knows that you are strong enough to endure it because he allowed Satan to do it. Either he's allowing Satan to tempt us with something or he is himself teaching us something. But in some way, he would not, this the saying that he would not give you anything that you cannot bear or that you're not, you know, um, what is that saying? You guys know what I'm trying to say, that you're not strong enough to endure is like really the truth. Like that's why I really truly love that little moment in that story of Job Well, the story itself, you really should read it because the ending is phenomenal of what I'm talking about, of being rewarded when you stay focused on God, no matter what the enemy takes and no matter how low he gets you. So I think of it as he just trusts us enough with the pain and he knows that we're all strong enough to endure it. So don't let the enemy tell you otherwise. Because if we get in our moments of isolation and focusing on the situation, we allow him to tell us that God doesn't love us. That's why he's letting you go through this when it's that's nothing but a lie from the pit of hell itself. Okay. So, like I said, he allowed Satan to tip Job, but on but one thing to always remember, like in Romans 8 28. He is concerned for our emotional well-being, which is why he uses it for our good. So yes, he will uh, he will allow him to do whatever, you know, certain things to incur. But one thing, it's another thing that creates joy in my heart. He will work everything out for your good. Everything. What Satan has to kill, steal, and, and destroy us, he would have to rebuild, restore and create breakthroughs with the same pain. So how to, how, okay. So I'll wrap this up with telling you how to get through these painful times really quick. One, praise God. Even when you can't see the end of the tunnel, thank him for what he's doing behind the scenes and stay faithful to what that reward that's on the other side that you have. That's yours on the other side of that pain. And I would encourage you to read Psalms because this is, Psalms is a, is some are chapters that helps you to increase your faith. It helps you to 
increase your faith and be to help you stay focused on what's on the other side and also help you to establish or maintain your relationship with God. And remember that it's 